Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Father, we, we long to be back here in the house of God to see the families rejoicing with miracles, signs, and wonders with your move of God over the cities, Lord. Everyone knows already that the answer is not in science, Lord. That the answer is not in government, Lord. That the answer is not in entertainment. And it's not in academics and school. For we can do without all these things. But we cannot do without you, Lord. We cannot do without your presence in our lives. That you would fight our battles that you would give us liberty, O oh God, and freedom. That we could enjoy good health and peace. Lord, because your hand has been extended over us. You're the one, Lord, that opens a way when there is no way. So I pray, Father God, that as we look at your word, as we meditate upon your goodness today, that your word would extend forward and touch the hearts of those who are faint-hearted, that we would revive those that are indifferent, that we would save those that are lost, that all peoples might come to you and that they might fulfill the purpose for which you have brought them into existence, Lord. That the house of God might be the place of glory, that the house of God might be the place of first priority that we would seek the kingdom of God first and its righteousness so that all things will be added and father these things do not leave us in uncertainty and for we know what you're doing because your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path so just reveal your purpose reveal your hand reveal your heart and let your people rejoice and let there be shouts of praise and jubilee in the houses of the righteous, in the tents of those who fear your name. May your angel encamp around them and keep them and bring them to further glory by your power and by your name. For it is in your name that we pray this morning. Amen and amen. As we prepare for today's word, we've called it after the plague. What is after the plague? Well, um, the plague comes with purpose. The, the plague doesn't come because there's nothing better in the land. Uh, the, the actual result of these times of grave distress is to uh, turn back and, and find the hand of God. If, if by any means the nations have thought that they could do their bidding and they could walk without God, uh, these little microbes, the coronavirus is a reminder that man is not sophisticated at all. That just one stroke of the plague of any sort could diminish the great population in the land. And in fact, we're having, there's reports now that the president of North Korea, who's a little man, the, the President Trump called him the rocket man, uh, 
the little rocket man. He's so powerful, so, so bombastic and, and, and killing off his family members and ruling with terror, a tyranny. And then he goes to get uh, open heart surgery and now he is in a state of coma. Some people think he's even dead. Even, even this, this time of a plague, we might get a notice that the president of North Korea is no longer upon the earth. So his reign of terror was short-lived. And we see this constantly across the, the, the time span of history, how these uh, Hugo Chavez in Venezuela lifts And then a couple of months later, his intestines and his, his esophagus is rotting and, and cancer consumes him. Uh, same thing with Fidel Castro. Same thing with Saddam Hussein and, and bin Laden. And all these men who, who raise up and, and Mr. Cuomo, you in, in New York, you're, you're next with respect to pride and arrogance. That you raise up voices and you sign laws for uh, abortions up to the ninth month. And, and the wrath of God and the judgment and the consequence of wickedness will befall these people. So in the time where plagues are hitting mankind and it causes uh, us to consider what, what is God doing? Remember this, after every one of the plagues that we've seen in the long history of mankind, God is always asking man to return to the embrace of his arms. That, that's the end result. Uh, don't, you cannot see these, these pandemics and these situations upon the earth and the incredible tears and loss of life and think that God is up there rejoicing in heaven. No, it all has a purpose. Even, even the time of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis in the World War II, it caused Israel to go back home and to start 1948. It caused Israel to become a nation again, a people who had forgotten God and forgotten their land and forgotten their purpose after the great Holocaust the devastating loss of millions upon millions of lives, people turn back to God. And God is waiting for them with open arms. So the love of God prevails despite the affliction of the plague. So have that in mind, that the end of the story is not loss, it's not death, it's not suffering, it's actually comfort, restoration, it's reconciliation. It's, we're back in the loving embrace and arms of a God who's passionately in love with us. So we read Psalm 119, verse 75. Oh, Lord, I know that when you judge, your judgments are right. Listen, whatever's happening in your mindset as to why this craziness is taking place, you... Confess with the psalmist, Lord, I know that how you draw a line, how you split the pie, how you intervene, it's right. And then he follows it up with says, and he says these words, that because of your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Listen, people, there, there is nothing 
that's warmer than, than acknowledging that when your dad spanks you, it's not because of wrath, it's not because of indignation, it's not because of self-righteousness, it's a result of love. A, a father has that reality. A father who loves his children will discipline them. And a lot of times in that time of discipline, if we're not careful, we lose vision. We lose vision of the fact that whatever God is doing upon the land, it's calling his people. Remember this, his people. This is not for everyone. Uh, there's, there's people that are not his people. And, and we know why they are in the land. And the Bible says that they're in the land so that God could show forth his power, his notoriety. He will be no, notorious in the land. Uh, there is no greater object of worship or, or, or existence of, 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 of honor that's devoted to him greater than our God. So while other people make government big or they make economics big and they make almighty dollar, no, 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 almighty God. And every knee shall bow and, and confess that when you're in the hospital, like Steve Jobs, this founder of Apple, uh, multi, multi-billionaire, and he says that he would give off all his riches to be able to continue to live. So we see that, that God needs to be great and powerful in our lives. And then he's faithful to afflict us. So we return to him and and that is what what God spoke there in Egypt if we go to if we're talking about after the plague that's that's the message today what comes after the plague uh, understand this in Exodus chapter 11 verse 1 these plagues have befallen the earth before and it says the Lord said to Moses I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh I'm, I'm gonna deal with Pharaoh one more time on Egypt on this nation afterwards after the plague he will let you go from here so these plagues produce a a release and i want to say that that there's going to be and we've said it already there's going to be a we've talked about a change of guard the end of an era a time of transition where god is splitting those that are his his remnant and those that are imposters and fakes and not genuine so that's going to be, that's, that's the, the, the season here. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Um, so plagues are a time where God distinguishes amongst people. And primarily, the earth is, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And there's nothing else supposed to have happened on the earth than what God wants to happen. So there's people that have disassociated themselves from their creator. They didn't worship God, they worship creation. For therefore, the Bible says, even in, in Romans, we gotta read this, because a lot of you say, well, this is all Old Testament. You, you guys gotta go to the New Testament then and go to Romans chapter one. And then you see there that the wrath of God is set against all unrighteousness. There it is in verse 18. Romans 1.18, he says, the wrath of God. So this is not the Old Testament. This is New Testament. is revealed from heaven against everything ungodly. 
Whatever's not lined up with God, everything unrighteous, things that are not right with God, the unrighteousness of men, who try to suppress truth in unrighteousness. They're trying to make, you know, these guys, um, business, entertainment, academia, science, government, economics, all these things become a priority. No, my friend, God, the Most High, is worthy for you to uh, listen to, to open your ears, to follow his lead. And so Pharaoh is an expression of that system that doesn't want to let God's people go. And so verse 6, uh, Exodus 11, verse 6, then there shall be a great cry throughout the land. These people, oh, loss of life, loss of life. You don't care about life. You just sign laws on abortions. You're killing people. So don't talk about we're losing life for coronavirus, 15,000 people have died in New York. Listen, I want to count the babies that are being aborted that you don't count. And so you see the, the craziness of men that are saying one thing out of, oh, the loss of life, stay home. And then they're signing laws to kill babies up to the ninth month, the day before they're born. They're authorizing the killing of babies. And so God says, there shall be a great cry throughout the land. When these plagues hit, the land is affected, the land of Egypt. Such was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. So during this plague, God caused a great death to come to Israel. Verse 7, but against none of the children of Israel. Look at this powerful and beautiful thing. None of the children of God's people, not even a dog, will dare growl out or bark at or move against man or beast. There's not going to be a, an expression. I know Pastor Oscar always uses this, that when you're a rebellious man, even down, the dog down the street will bite you because you're walking in rebellion. That's one of his favorite sayings. And here it is. The Bible says when you're right with God, not even a dog will move uh, towards you with aggression. That the Lord makes a difference. Why does God do that? He's making a difference. These plagues are making a difference between the ones who are godly and the ones that are ungodly. And this is the season where a lot of the ungodly now want to say, oh, I'm praying, I hope God. You're not, listen, this is God right here, the Bible. Do what the Bible says. Walk in the manner of God's delight. I need to hurry up here. We're going to have a full-time four-hour service here if I don't hurry up. We'll be here all afternoon. But guess what? We're at home and, and God is speaking, so we're listening. So God says in the time of plague, he's making a difference between Egypt and Israel. This is why when somebody says, why does God allow this? Guess what? Tune in. To the house of God and listen to the word of God and receive understanding. What is God doing after a plague? He's causing a separation. He's causing a, a situation here. Verse 8. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me. That's what the result will be. Everybody recognizes that God is not uh, the question they were asking before the plague. They were saying, oh, why do you guys go to church so much? Well, now that's not the question no more. Now the people know why we worship God, why we have him first place in our life, why he is our all in all, why we surrender to him because he will show himself 
powerful so that everyone will come to him and bow down to him saying, uh, please get these people out of here who follow you. After that, I will go there and we will, uh, he went to Pharaoh in great anger. So we see God moving. Chapter 12, verse 20, it came to pass at midnight. It's not the same thing when God says something's going to happen as when it happens. And so there, verse 29, he says, it came, uh, Exodus 12, 29. It says, then it came past at midnight that the Lord struck the firstborn in the land of Egypt. When this plague hits and the consequences of rebellion against God and standing, hardening your heart against God, when you have the fruit of what God allows to be the consequence of the hardness of your heart and your rebellion, the first born from him who sat on the throne, even to the captives who served in prison and the firstborn of the livestock. My friends, this is a lot of death that is befalling the Egyptians. And the stench of death was so powerful, verse 30, that the Pharaoh rose in the night. He this is a government leaders and all their servants, all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. So imagine the languishing, the anguish, the powerful strike of a plague. And it says, for there was not a house that there was not one who was dead. What's that mean? In the plague time, we all know somebody, man, that guy lost somebody, I lost somebody. So everybody has lost somebody who was suffering the plague. And this has a reason. The Bible says that the reason was so that all the people would acknowledge the greatness and the lordship of the Lord. Verse 31 then he called Moses and Aaron and says, rise and go out from among my people, both you and your children. Go and serve the Lord your God as you have said. Go and make God a priority. We're not going to hold you back. Verse 32, take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone. But bless me before you go. Make sure that you stop this consequence of my rebellion. Bless me also. Verse 33, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out in, of the land in haste. People are going to, the great transition, we've said this, the transfer of wealth, the transfer of blessing. It's going to be seen, those that abide under the shadow of the Most High and those who don't in these seasons. For they said, we shall all be dead if you guys continue to stay. Verse 34, so the people took their uh, bread um, before it was leavened, uh, having uh, kneading bowls bound on their clothes and on their shoulders. They picked up all the kitchen, every, all the supplies. Verse 35, now the children of Israel had done according to the word of the Lord that said to ask the Egyptians for silver and gold and clothing. Give us back our stuff. This is a time where Satan has to relinquish his grip on God's people after the plague. You're going to see this. The exchange of wealth is going to go in the right direction now. People are going to spend less on vanity than they will on honoring the God of heaven. Verse 36, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So they granted them what they requested and the Egyptians were plundered. That's what ends up happening in, in all this manner. Now, 
after this release and after this pandemic, after this plague, um, God gave his people a promise. And the promise is glorious. And it's in Exodus 14, verse 13. And I want to give you this promise also from the Lord. He says, see these people where you stand. Uh, make sure you're not afraid. Look, look how God is, is bringing his people in. There's great devastation happening on the land, but not to God's people. So the word of the Lord for God's people is do not be afraid. In this season, while everything looks very sad and very weary, it's not against God's people. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of God. After the plague, that's our stance. We're not walking in fear. We're not afraid. We're standing still, which means we're unmoved. And you've seen that the people of God in this season... They're not, they're not phased by what's going on. And then finally, we're going to see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for us today. For the pandemic and the plague is not against God's people. It's not a dealing with respect to uh, a downside on our behalf. It's a transfer of wealth. It's an upside. People, I, I've heard miracles and, and incredible how God has blessed the finances of those who are being faithful to God. Those who continue to tithe. Those who continue to offer. Those who continue to remember the poor. The God is not, is not, the plague does not stop God from blessing you in abundance. Blessing you in increase. For the Egyptians whom you see today, the opposition which held you back economically, governmentally, uh, uh, spiritually, you will no longer see them again forever. You can say goodbye to your oppressors, to those who afflicted you, to those who caused you to be kept outside of God's purpose. And so there it is. How is this going to happen? Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You have to have this paradigm in your heart. God is defending you. God is fighting for you. This is a time of vengeance of the Lord for you. After the plague, God is standing strong for those who stand strong for God. God honors those who honor him. You're, the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due time, God will lift you up. God exalts the humble he gives grace to the humble he promotes his people and you shall hold your peace where, where there's going to be uh, god's going to intervene here and cause this to go fur further and the purpose god allows this to take place in the land even in our generation what a blessing verse um, 18 so that the egyptians might know that i am the lord that's what at the end of the day all the shaking that's going on is so that those things which cannot be shaken remain. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. But it's for those things that cannot be shaken to stand fast. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. For you know that they began to chase 
after the people of God and they began to, to see that there was a, a problem. And um, verse 19, the angel of the Lord who had been traveling in front the, 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 the one who was the captain of the Lord's host was traveling in front of Israel. He went behind them and he kept them. So there's this, there's this keeping of God's people. He, he goes before us, leading us, but he's behind us, keeping us and protected from anything that could come. They come to the, they, they come to the Red Sea and they find that they cannot move forward. And Egyptians are pursuing them. Verse 23, the Egyptians pursued them, all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots. And during, uh, verse 24, the last watch of the night. I love how it says like this. It came in the morning watch, the last time, right before the sun comes up, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians. The Lord, his eyes are on the land he's observing he's putting all things in his place in his proper place and he sees what's going on don't you think for a second that God is not attentive he has not forgotten us he's not distant he's looking at what is taking place he sees the devil's strategy and they're pursuing the the, the people of God and, and what would God do if he's looking and he's seeing adversity come against us? I love my favorite verse in the whole Bible, verse 25. He jammed the wheels. He, to, he caused the wheels of the chariots to come off. So they drove with difficulty. There's not going to be anything smooth for the people who have their heart against the people of God. The Egyptians said, hey, let's flee from the face of Israel. Why? Because the Lord is fighting their battles. They even understood that, that what they wanted to do to cause a prosperity and success in times of distress after the plague, they couldn't, they couldn't take advantage of God's people because even the enemies knew that God was fighting for us. When you're seeing what's taking place on the land that you said, and why are things going good for us? Is it luck? Is it, are we? No, my friend, God is fighting your battles. You don't even know how he's doing it. He's jamming. I love that, that, that translation. He jammed the wheels of the chariots so that they had difficulty driving. There's people that want to grab you and pull you back into oppression and slavery and God is setting you free and you can rejoice. The Lord is fighting for you, and that's what's happening after the plague. All this to say that the embrace of the Lord is with us. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord goes before us. You have to have that as a paradigm in your heart. The Lord, he is the one who goes before you. Even before you get to where you're going, he's already there. He figured it out. He negotiated. He brought you into blessing and prosperity. Your devotion needs to be to God, not, not vertically, I mean not horizontally, but vertically, up and down. Stand right before God and you'll see that your enemies will be scattered. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will never forsake you. Don't allow fear and do not faint. Do not be dismayed. In Spanish, no desmaye. Don't don't flinch in a 
a contrary direction. Joshua 1.5, he told the next generation, just like I was with Moses, so I will be with you. There shall never be anyone able to stand against you all the days of your life. Because as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. See, God takes the care of his people serious. There's no pandemic. There's no situation. There's no judgment. There's no vengeance. There's no antichrist. There's no ill come young from North Korea. There's nothing that stands in a manner which is hostile against you, which God cannot defend. And so all this shaking going on, make sure that you are walking in the goodness of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2.14, because his leading will always, this is Paul saying, thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. When everything is said and done, uh, I wanted today to, to do a little victory dance here. Um, you know, with respect to Corona can't touch me. This plague cannot, you know, that just like they were delivered from the hand of Egypt on the other side of the Red Sea, as God opened the Red Sea, they began to dance and praise and say, you know something, there's celebration time going on. I, I could see that all this works for me and not against me. Because through us, he's diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. When people see us, they're like, who are these people? Who are these people? We're the people of God. We've been purchased by the blood of the lamb. We've been purchased and redeemed. And God cares for his people greater, at a greater expression than what we see happen here in Israel, in Egypt. Because that blood was the natural blood of a lamb, but what stands over us is the blood of the lamb of God. We were purchased by the blood of the lamb. We, we have high value, just a lot of times we're not focused. A lot, a lot of times we don't see that God is for us and not against us. So there in, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he always leads us to triumph. He's always setting up us for victory. He's always on our side. He's always for us and never against us. After the plague, we're going to see a greater expression of this as those who remain like Daniel in the lion's den. After you've been through one of these judgments and these things, you say, wait a second. The God of Daniel is the true God. He's the one that closed the mouth of lions. And, and the God of the three young Jewish boys that were in the fiery oven when they came out, they said, now we know that your God is the one who keeps you in the fire. Your God is the God who closes the mouth of lions. Your God is the one who delivers you from the plague and the pandemic. In Isaiah chapter 34, uh, the entire chapter 34 talks about, verse 1, it talks about, I'm going to come with judgment to the nations. Come near me, you nations, to hear and to heed, you peoples, let the earth hear and all that are in it, the world and all the things that come forth from it. The entire planet has to acknowledge that God is God and that there's a people that serve him and those that don't serve him, they're going to have the vengeance of, 
of the consequence of turning against God. But then, this is, this is the entire chapter 34, verse 2. He says, I'm going to make sure the indignation of the Lord is against all nations. His fury against all armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. They don't have a chance. The people who stand against God don't have a chance. But verse uh, chapter 35, the next chapter talks about his people. Verse 1. 35 verse 1, he starts saying, But the wilderness and the wasteland, those things that are in ruin shall be glad, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. Verse 2, God begins to show his embrace and his love. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. This is the year of excellence. This is what we were talking about. If it's a year of excellence for God's people, what is it for those that decide not to serve the Lord? What about those that did not wait on God? What about those that went away from the Lord and, and distanced themselves and they're not in the house of God and they're not amongst the people of God and they haven't been faithful? The Bible says that in the book of, of Ruth that, that her mother-in-law was bitter Naomi, she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because I'm bitter, because I walked away from God, and I didn't wait for the harvest. I didn't, I didn't wait on his promises. I wasn't faithful to the Lord. I didn't honor God in my days. And then she was stripped of all her wealth, her children, her two boys, and her husband, and she was in poverty. But here we see that those that, that are happily expecting, the Bible says, verse 3, encourage, strengthen the exhausted, the ones with weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Verse 4, say to those that have an anxious and panicked heart, say to those that are weary because of the shaken, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come and he with great recompense, he's going to come and save you. Indeed, your God will come and give retribution Verse 5, then the eyes of the blind will be open. You're going to see clearly now. Now it's not going to be faint. Your ears that are deaf shall be unstopped. You're going to start hearing the voice of God. Before you were hearing the voice of money or business or entertainment, you're going to hear the voice of God. You're not going to be deaf and dumb and blind. Verse 6 says, the lame shall leap like a deer. The ones who could barely walk are running like gazelles. The tongue of the dumb will, uh, dumb will sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This was the verse that the Lord had given us some years ago with respect to the spring of life. Verse 7. Instead of burning sand, a parched ground shall become a pool. It's like breaking out a pool in the middle of the summer where you're saying it's summertime. I'm not going to be thirsty in the land of a spring of water in the habitation of jackals where each uh, lay there shall be grass with uh, reeds and rushes where there was nothing growing now everything begins to grow in a manner which is powerful and so I, I just want to give you that word of the Lord after the plague you can have an expectation that things are going to be well that God is going to cause his glory to fill the earth through his people because there's a faithful remnant Sephaniah chapter 3 verse 8 it says, therefore, wait for me, says the Lord, until the day that I rise up. 
for plunder. My determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of the kingdoms, to pour on them my indignation, all my fears, wrath, all the earth shall be devoured with the fires of my jealousy. Verse 9, for I will restore to the people a pure language. People are going to start talking what makes sense that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. That's the purpose of a plague, to return to him, to return to him and to serve him with excellence and worship him and offer to him and be excellent in, our, in the house of the Lord. Verse 12, he says, I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people. That's what will remain after the plague. And they shall trust in the name of the Lord. There's going to be a, a remnant of men and women who faithfully serve God without any diminishing effect. Verse 14. So therefore, sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice. We're going to throw party after party, feast after feast. The goodness of the Lord with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Verse 15, for the Lord has taken away your judgments and he's cast out your enemies. He's cleared up the land. He has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in the midst of you. You shall see disaster no more. These Egyptians you shall see no more. These disasters you shall see no more. God is faithfully clearing the land so that we might serve him with excellence. It's a faithful God. Verse 16, in that day it shall be said of Jerusalem, do not fear. To Zion, let not your hands be weak. Do not be exhausted. Why not? Verse 17, the Lord your God, he's in the midst of you. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. That's the embrace of the Lord. He will rejoice over you with singing. Verse 18, I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you to whom it's a reproach is a burden. Verse 19, behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you and I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. God is going to make me just make a transfer of dignity and honor for those that prevail. Verse 20, at that time I will bring you back even at the time that I allow you to gather again. Isn't that powerful? He says, for I will give you prominence in the land. I will give you praise amongst the people of the earth. When I return your captives, behold, your eyes shall see this. Let's pray this morning as we've heard the word of the Lord and God has been faithful to minister to us, that he leads us always to triumph. Father, we pray your blessing upon your people. We pray your blessing upon the word of God, that it would be a good seed planted in our hearts that would keep us in this season that we understand that after the pandemic, after the plague, comes the embrace of the Lord. You were faithful to afflict us in a season, to bring us back, to serve you with excellence. We pray your blessing upon your people. We pray you keep us in good health. We pray that soon we will be returned to the house of God and that we would continue to fulfill the call of God to change the world as you have purposed it in our lives. We pray, Father God, that there would be a return of those who have gone astray, that they return back 
to the place they belong, that they're part and parcel of joining us in this vision, Lord. We pray for your mercy and your grace for all the pastors around the world, their churches, Lord, that they steadfastly hear your word and walk in your truth. We bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you and looking forward to being with all of you soon. And we will be sending out the music video as soon as it's done. And pray for us that all that goes well. Soul worship. God bless you. Take care.